classy. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> if you hear it, you know. It's there. It's not in your face. Right. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Real quick before questions, I just wanted to talk about GCX once again. It is coming up on August 4th and 5th, and we will be attending. Yeah, it's going to be in Orlando, Florida at the Rosen Shingle Creek Hotel, which it's the same hotel as we went to last year, I think, and it's a really cool hotel. Yeah, great location. There's going to be a bunch of cool panels, gaming panels, Star Wars panels, uh, tons of exhibitors and cosplayers, cosplay contests, meet and greets, the whole shebang. <laughs> so yeah, you guys should go. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, we went last year and it was a lot of fun. We will be doing a Star Wars and Scotch panel with our friends Tim and Kevin who run that podcast and put on the show and they're great. And uh, we have a link in the description if you want to buy tickets and come and see us and that'll support the channel if you use that link. So we hope to see you there. For our first question, Sarah Black asks if Thrawn will recognize Ahsoka as Vader's apprentice. I think this is an interesting question for a couple of reasons. Uh, Sarah is wondering if Thrawn might recognize Ahsoka because he knew Vader, figured out that Vader and Anakin were the same person, and then maybe through Ahsoka's fighting style, he could do his Thrawn magic and be mm. like, oh, I know who you are or who taught you. But also... As far as we know, Thrawn and Ahsoka haven't met yet. So I, I don't know if they're going to meet face to face. And it, it's just kind of one of those things that it's like, oh, yeah, when you think about it, that Thrawn comes into Star Wars Rebels in season three, but Ahsoka is still on Malachor as yeah. far as we know. Interesting. Uh, th there might be something revealed where we figure out that they've met, but I don't think they have. Yeah, I, I think that would be a really cool just kind of like turning moment for the two of them if he does mention that he knows like who trained her and if he is like trying to get under her skin mm. talking about how he knew Anakin slash Vader from before. Like th there's a lot of potential there. That does, And that's another angle I hadn't thought of is like, thinking as a tactician that would be information that he would want to use against her and yeah. he had to get under his skin to throw her throw her off her game and it might not be something that he uses right away like he might just keep that in his back pocket to use for emergencies or something <laughs> for emer in case of in case of tactical emergency break glass and it's got a piece of paper on it and he's like Ahsoka is Anakin's Padawan. Got it. Not an emergency. <laughs> Captain <Just> Peleon, <laughs> perhaps you should break the glass. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, it, it, for, the, for the right moment. The most opportune moment possible. Yeah. No, I, I think that that's good. Um, but I, I wonder if the show is going to show us their first meeting or if we will get a little bit more context like a a montage of Ahsoka being like, you might wonder how I got here. I was on Malachor <laughs> and then a kid pulled me out of this magical portal, but then I went back through it and like, <laughs> yeah, just explain where she's been during the Galactic Civil War. I, I think that there's a lot of questions that could be answered by this series, but it just kind of reminded me, this question reminded me that <laughs> like, yeah, they haven't met. Mm -hmm. It well, seems like they kind of have just because she's keeps calling him by name. Yeah. I'm not sure if Thrawn would recognize her as someone who had been trained 
by Anakin, or if maybe he heard through the grapevine, like elsewhere, that Anakin did have a Padawan, mm-hmm. and it's like he could just put two and two together there, maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what happened in Thrawn alliances during the flashbacks. I feel I feel like he does know that he had a Padawan. Ahsoka is not in that book. Uh, I, I believe she had left the Jedi Order by that point. But between all of their conversations in the past and as Anakin is Darth Vader, I feel like he probably knows and learned more. But I, I, I can't fully recall. Ormappa wants to know if Ray Sloan could be an antagonist to Thrawn in Ahsoka or other Mandoverse stories. So Ormappa specifically asked for Ahsoka if we'll see Ray Sloan in Ahsoka. And I'm not expecting that because like we were just talking about, there's so much other story I feel like we need to catch up on for Ahsoka. People who are familiar with Ahsoka, I think, need some questions answered. People who don't really know Ahsoka out of live action, they need a lot of questions answered. (laughs) So Ray Sloan is a character that I really hope does pop up in live action and i think there's a chance for it but i'm not expecting it in ahsoka yeah i could see that happening more in the next season of the mandalorian or if it did pop up in ahsoka it would be towards the end of the season and it would be a situation where like we get a little mention here and then she shows up in mando Mm. As I certainly think it's possible because she is another character first created by John Jackson Miller, but then I feel like she really got her time to shine in the Aftermath trilogy by Chuck Wendig, which is where Cobb Vanth is from. So I, I think that they are perfectly aware of the character. I also think that she, I wanted her to be part of that, you know, group of holograms that we see in The Mandalorian season three, but she's a Grand Admiral too. And the last we saw of Brindle Hux, he was working alongside her. So in my mind, he is like her representative the same way Pelion is Thrawn's representative. Mm-hmm. Grand Admirals are busy people. Yeah. So <laughs> got lots to do. they have to delegate. Um, I-, I would love to see another Grand Admiral come out of the woodwork to cause some problems for Thrawn, some infighting. I don't know what mm-hmm. would happen, but it would be interesting. Yeah, everyone talked about oh, where's Ray Sloan when we got that group of Imperials and Mando? But, and we talked about it back then when that happened. Like, she's, I feel like she's a little step above all of them. So it would make sense that she wasn't quite at that meeting level. Exactly. If Thrawn's not going to show up, maybe she came to the first few and Thrawn kept not showing up. And she was like, I'm not doing these anymore. Brindle, you're in. Yeah. Delegate. Eli is do or do not seven asks if we think Morai will be in Ahsoka at all. I think she probably will be. I do too. She's kind of popped up in, in every almost every other showing of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for yep. sure. She's she's in Star Wars Rebels. She's at the end of the Clone Wars. She's in the Mandalorian, which I still think like I'm ashamed to have seen that in the mandalorian in ahsoka's episode and been like that's just some owl (laughs) just just a coincidence that there's an owl there (laughs) like it it looked too much like a real owl and i don't know morai has this distinct look to me that i want i wanted her to look more like morai but i i do think that was morai and if dave filoni did that then i think she'll 
pop up in the actual Ahsoka series. Even if it's just like we see her in those ruins and there it is. Yeah. Like they might not explain what slash who that is, mm-hmm. but I, I think it'll be around. I, I think it's a, a little nod to the people who are who might be actively looking for her. Like it, they don't have to go into who she is, what she is. It's just fun. And to, to, to the people who don't know who that is, it could just be an owl yeah. and it could stay that way. Yeah. What's this owl that keeps popping up? Like <laughs> it, it's just another way that could drive interest into the Clone Wars. But, it, you know, it's possible that we could do some weird and wild stuff. And I, I think that's a lot to throw at just the casual live action audience uh, <laughs> to be like, by the way, there were these Mortis gods. They're all dead now. And then one of them, their spirit is kind of this owl and it follows Ahsoka around. And her spirit's also like kind of combined with Ahsoka's. And it's it's ambiguous right now, but like <laughs> that's a lot to get into. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we could get one episode where it's more like internal what is ahsoka thinking what's going on in her head we could see flashbacks like there could always be the case of there just being one episode where yeah they do an info dump by way of flashbacks and inner monologue and things like that like we could find out a little bit about her maybe they have chit chats yeah when they're alone yeah maybe Leptus Hominid wants to know if we think galactic politics will play a larger role in the new Jedi Order movie. I wanted to put this one next because I kind of want to combine it with our Ahsoka talk. I mean, like, Indiana Jones is over, Ahsoka's next. I think we're going to be taking a lot of Ahsoka questions the next month and a half or so. Um, But yes, the answer to both the new Jedi Order and the Ahsoka show is that, yes, I want more galactic politics involved. I also want more of it, but I don't think we're ever going to get as much as we did in the prequels. Maybe not. And I, I don't really need that. I just think that The Force Awakens felt like this swing against the prequels. Like the pendulum just went so far in the opposite direction mm. of like any criticism the prequels ever had. <laughs> they were like, well, we're going to do the opposite. Yeah. And I, I want somewhere in the middle where we do get to know the state of the galaxy and what's going on. Uh, I I think that the new Republic is a very interesting time and whatever they're going to call it in the new Jedi order. I think it should still just be the new Republic, but we'll see. Right. New, new Republic, whatever. Uh, But there's a lot of questions I have. I think there's a lot of context that we could get and whether or not it's in the new Jedi order, because that might be very focused on just, the Jedi. Yeah, but I mean, I, with the title alone, you might just assume it's mostly going to be about Rey. Yeah, although there in Legends, there is a point where the galactic government is kind of like, we're tired of the Jedi. <laughs> like, they keep causing problems. And the Jedi, and also that's being led by a former Imperial Admiral that's just like, you know what? I don't like the Jedi. <laughs> and... I think that there's potential for the galactic government to say, maybe we don't want the Jedi to come back. I mean, that's what talks about the film have sounded like, is that Rey wants to build the new Jedi Order. Mm -hmm. And there is a group, we don't know how big or small this group is, but some people don't want the Jedi. So what is her response to that? Yeah. And we could also mention that 
and I forget her name every time, but the woman that's slated to direct... Uh, Charmaine Obeyed Shinoy. Yeah. Didn't she direct uh, like a short film about politics? I think so. Or adjacent <laughs> to politics? I believe it was a documentary. Documentary, yeah. Uh, I hope we're right. <laughs> but, you know, that could play into it a little bit as well. You know, if, if the director is interested in going that route, which George Lucas very much was and had very specific things he wanted to say for the politics of that time, um, we could definitely see it from her point of view. Yeah, and I think that would be a good marriage of like big galactic politics and also a personal story of that. That's where I think that some of the politics in the prequels, I can understand why it just felt very impersonal, which I think was kind of the point is that all of these senators, not all of them, some are good like Bale and Mon Mothma, but some of these senators just became so impersonal mm -hmm. that they weren't seeing the smaller picture of the people they were representing. Uh, but I, I think that we could have a really personal story of Rey trying to fight for what she knows is right, rebuilding the Jedi Order, and then maybe it's some politicians, or maybe it's just a random group of people, uh, but someone's opposing her, and I, I think it would be interesting if it were the galactic power. But we just don't know what that looks like yet, and you know, there's a chance that like Poe might be involved in that, and I'm sure he would be fighting for the Jedi to come back. Yeah. But I also think that the New Republic era is going to, we're going to get some answers there too. I mean, seeing Mon Mothma in the Ahsoka trailer, that made me very happy just because we're getting a lot of vague points about the New Republic and the Mandoverse. And I want to know her point of view because I know she's doing her best. I believe in you, Mon Mothma. <laughs> like... I, I want to believe that the New Republic... We want to see something pay off for her big time. <laughs> yeah. She deserves a win here. Yeah. And it's only been, what, 15 years in the future is when this is going to take place? New Jedi Order? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, a lot can happen in 15 years, but also not a lot can happen, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, if you were trying to completely rebuild uh, the government yeah. and start fresh... It could be very much still uh, a work in progress at that point. And yeah. So we, we might not get to see so much of what their overall goal is and everything really fleshed out. It might still be kind of a mess. Oh, I think that's a great point because the, the Empire moves very quickly because it can. Because it's just one person steamrolling everything. A democracy... The New Republic, like, I do think there's a reason it struggled to really get itself together. It's because they're trying to work together. Yeah. It's not a dictatorship, and that's just more difficult. So, yeah, if they're having to start from scratch almost again, mm -hmm. uh, just like the Jedi Order is, then I, I can see both the galactic government being kind of a mess while also Rey is like, okay, I'm feeling ready to start training people so here we go and then the galactic government's like well hold on now yeah we didn't mind it when it was just you yeah and finn hopefully but if you're gonna start bringing a a hundred more in here that mm -hmm. that could be a problem and you know things done correctly things done well is gonna take a little bit longer and like you said the empire was all about the quick fix and they're just gonna 
take over everything. Yeah. Not even um, a, fi- a quick fix for what the emperor thought was a fix. Yeah. Just the quick fix is what he wants. Yeah. He, he wanted everyone to think that everything's under control. Leave it to us. Right. Um, and the the New Republic is more like, here's how we're fixing this. And Slowly also like, but surely. Yeah. And, and we want your input. <laughs> it's kind of Please like, fill out this comment card. Uh, okay. I hope we get a scene just like Parks and Recreation of Mon Mothma, like <laughs> going to Tatooine and like sitting in a town hall and being like, who has ideas? <laughs> and then it's just a bunch of crazy people. Would you say you strongly agree, agree, disagree, or strongly disagree with what we're doing here? <laughs> I mean, Jaw was just berating her. <laughs> Now a word from our sponsor, Babbel. Molly and I just got back from Star Wars Celebration in London, and it's really given us the itch to see more of Europe. If you have an upcoming summer trip abroad, my go-to travel hack is Babbel. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or embarking on your first adventure, communication is key to fully experiencing a new culture. That's where Babbel comes in. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy, bite-sized language lessons, there's still time to learn a new language before you reach your destination. I took Spanish in high school and college, and completing the short lessons on Babbel has been a great way to refresh my understanding of the language again. You only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson, so you can start having real-life conversations in as little as three weeks. The lessons are expertly crafted around real life, so you can learn to have practical conversations. And there are a ton of ways to learn with Babbel. Beyond lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and more. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Shriwook and Huttees aren't options yet, but you you can choose from 14 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash starwars. That's babbel.com slash starwars for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. Rainman MP asks what our favorite Wilhelm scream is. Wilhelm is such a fun topic to talk about that's very Star Wars, but also Star Wars adjacent, just like a movie thing now. But I, I am going to say the boring answer. And I, I think my favorite is the first one that, you know, I heard in Star Wars A New Hope when the stormtrooper falls off the bridge. Hmm. Like, I, I guess my favorites are when someone is falling off of a high place that that just seems right to me. Yeah. Is it in every single Star Wars movie? Uh, no. Especially because they kind of started to phase it out. Yeah. Um, they, is there, isn't there like a new one now? They've said there is. I don't know if it's been identified yet. I have a theory. There's in Solo, a Star Wars story at the beginning, there's a patrol trooper that's chasing Han and Kira, and then he crashes and flips over his bike. Mm-hmm. He lets out a pretty distinct scream that's not Wilhelm, but I'm like, hmm, I wonder. But I haven't really listened to it in other stuff. Yeah. But I, it, it still pops up. I mean, it popped up in Dial of Destiny, for yeah. example. I do. It's one of those things where you recognize it immediately after you hear it in a certain number of movies a certain number of times. You can just always kind of point it out. And it always, like, sets off a little alarm in your head, and you're like, oh, there it is. Um, the one that I remember specifically recognizing and being like, wait a second, was from uh, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Mm. Uh, just during that whole Helm's Deep battle, I was not expecting to hear that. Right. See, that's, like... like- 
I think I'm going with A New Hope because I have a weird relationship with the Wilhelm scream, I think, where I do kind of chuckle every time I hear it. But also sometimes I'm like, it's such a weird scream. And it's why it's it sometimes feels like a filmmaker just being like, <laughs> Wilhelm. Yeah. Like everyone will love this. It's like a secret joke. Right. But really, I think that there is an art to using it. Yeah. And sometimes it'll happen and it's like a little more subtle. And I, I appreciate that. Or sometimes it'll be so in your face, like the the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull one. It zooms in on a character <laughs> who screams it. And yeah. at that point, I'm like, I, I, I don't know. You're being so obvious about it. I kind of like that. It feels so, a little forced at that point. <laughs> it, it feels forced, but I'm also like, it, at least you know it. Like you yeah. did that on purpose. And sometimes <laughs> I feel like people try to be subtle with it. And I'm like, that wasn't subtle at all. But I also like it when it's comedic because it is such an in-joke. Uh, I was watching a montage of these before and there's one from, I think, Sin City where, like, I, I, I don't remember the exact scene, but I think Marv, like, beats some people up. Then he's driving away and then the car stops and the door opens and someone goes flying out of the car <laughs> and they let the scream out. And it's, like, off in the distance. I'm like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, using it f to punctuate a joke, I think, is is a fun time. Yeah. And I think that's why it worked for me in the Helm's Deep battle, because you have that, you have those little moments of, I mean, it's a very intense battle, but then you have Gimli and Legolas trading numbers that's with true. each other and, and having this playful little joke alongside this very intense battle. To me, I believe it's an elf that lets the scream out. And I'm like, an, an elf would never. An elf would never. <laughs> <laughs> a human, sure, but an elf, they would die more gracefully. I mean, I don't think the the Urukai can scream that high. No, that that's fair. fine. That's I think a human An I orc, would have accepted a little. A regular more. old orc, maybe. Uh I I think Return of the King has two Wilhelm screams in it, which that's another where I'm like, you get one. I <laughs> You're love pushing it. I love Return of the King. Uh but come on. Peter, limit it to one Wilhelm scream. I know it's four Leave hours long. Leave some for the rest of us. I guess maybe he thought one every two hours is appropriate. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do think that if you're if you're at doing more than one Wilhelm scream in your movie. At the second one, I'd be like, am I still watching the same movie? Right. Did that really happen again? Am I just hearing things? Maybe I... What if that was a mistake? <laughs> He'd been editing for so long that he just puts another one in on accident. And Every like, screen well, is the Wilhelm. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Oh, yeah, man. I can't imagine. Like, sometimes I'll make a video and I will notice a small mistake that no one else cares about, but I just fix it. I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Could you imagine being the sound designer or mixer or whoever would be responsible for that? And maybe no one else noticed in the theater, but you're just like, oh, crap, I put two Wilhelms in this. Yeah. And like that would eat away at me. I hope that person's okay. That would become your legacy. I, <laughs> I hope that person's okay. <laughs> um, I will say one more. The Force Awakens was pretty reserved in its usage. It's like kind of in the background. A stormtrooper gets blown up as Finn and Poe are escaping and they just put it in, but it's kind of quiet. They well, didn't focus on it. Classy. Yeah. It's there. <laughs> if you hear it, you know. It's there. It's not in your face. Right. Damien Vonderhaar wants to know if Star Wars will come out in the Indiana Jones universe. 
Not if Harrison Ford has anything to do with it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I just feel like that'd be something where Harrison Ford would be like, no. No. <laughs> I don't want it. Uh, I don't think it would. Because I, I see Indiana Jones as almost a, an alternate history. Like, not on the level of, say, for all mankind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are things that happen where it's like, obviously, that's not real i uh, i feel like i'm doing a bad job at explaining this but like (laughs) yes we know indiana jones is not real but i feel like enough things have happened that not star wars would come out but space battles would yeah i mean shift it just a little because i don't think we can have george lucas be a real thing in this world he wasn't even born I, no, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it, would he be the director of those films in the indie verse? I, I guess not. Yeah, because he worked on indie, so that just gets too complicated. We're not <laughs> bringing the multiverse in Star Wars or indie. We're gonna leave indie behind. That was it. Was a great send off. Let's just let it lie. I see. I, what I was kind of thinking of is we have that ticker tape parade in the movie and i don't know if that parade happened like the what with, the, parade? with the astronauts what'd you call it ticker tape what's that? Uh, that what that parade is i don't know why it's called that but that's what it's called okay just trust me okay or look it up and i might be wrong and you can say a, a fool it's an event held in an urban setting characterized by large amounts of shredded paper thrown onto the parade route from the surrounding buildings in a celebratory manner. Okay. It's a litter parade. <laughs> yeah, it's real bad for the environment, y'all. Anyway. That's why we don't do those anymore. I, I'm going to assume that something like that happened in New York. and But we did not see Indiana Jones like ride down the street on a horse. Right. So it's like, the, this is just a slightly alternate universe where magic is real and boxes melt faces and stuff. So I think that it, it stands to reason that we just shift everything a little bit. And no, Star Wars does not come out, but Space Battles does. I mean, the moon landing still probably would have influenced filmmaking that was coming out. And I think that we would have seen something similar to it. Digipin92 asks if the Knights of Ren will show up in Ahsoka. I don't think so. Uh, Kind of going back to our Ray Sloan talk, I think this series is already going to be pretty crowded. Um, But I'm not going to write them off of appearing in the Mandoverse. They they are around at this point in time. They're around well before this, before the events of Return of the Jedi. Um, They're they're in the comics, and they're still led by Rin. And some of the not faces, but masks are familiar. Some of the armor is familiar. Is Trudgeon there? I think Trudgeon is there. <laughs> so we could see them in this period, but with Balin Skull and Shin, like we already have some dark side users, so I think that they're probably going to take the, the villain spotlight. Yeah. I don't know. I think when characters pop up and then their stories continue in the comics there's a good chance that that's where their story kind of ends like they're not they wouldn't pop up in a live action go to comics and then pop back up um 
But that could also just be me being like, I don't care to see them again, <laughs> unless it's Trudgeon. And Trudgeon only. <laughs> just love Trudgeon. Uh, Trudgeon. Love on Trudgeon. Trudgeon be Trudgeon. <laughs> so I, I do see what you're saying because that, that very classically has been the case, that if we're going to write a book or do comics about a character, very often it means we have no larger plans for them. So yeah, go nuts and tell us the origins of the Knights of Ren. But this is also several years down the line, mm -hmm. and they are a group that I, I think would uh, gain some interest for any series or story. I think people would be curious to know what were they all about <laughs> before The Rise of Skywalker, because most people just heard the name in The Force Awakens and then briefly saw them in The Rise of Skywalker, and now they're gone. Yeah, so, well, they, I think they work fine in the sequel trilogy for just being these like faceless uh goons right. that are slightly more intimidating than stormtroopers you know and yeah, the, and they have a very specific boss yes so i i would not mind at all if they showed up in the mandoverse but i think that since they are just these dark side users who aren't sith um but they are affiliated with the emperor at this point who's off doing his own secret things i just think that that, that would just be kind of repetitive with whatever Balin, Skull, and Shin are doing. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it sounds like it would be a very crowded series. Yeah. Jedi Pastor Aaron wants to know if there could be sequels to Filoni's film if they're planning to semi-adapt the original Thrawn trilogy. <laughs> I don't really think so. I don't think so either. I think they're, they are planning to adapt little things from that trilogy, but not more than one film. I kind of think that we've seen the bulk of the adaptation already, is that five years after the fall of the Empire, Grand Admiral Thrawn, this great military leader, comes back to lead the Empire, uh, really does a number on the New Republic, but is ultimately defeated. Like, that's about as far into the adaptation as I think we're going to get. And characters might be swapped out here or there. We could probably draw lines or red string to be like, oh, the new Talon card is Hondo Onaka or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think that we're going to get like the three Thrawn movies. I think it's going to all build up in the television series. And then the movie will probably be the climactic battle. Finisher. Yeah. And I think, I don't think Thrawn's going to walk away from that. Yeah, I agree. And I think we could get other elements within the Mandoverse TV shows, not just Mando, but like the other shows as well. We could get elements of that trilogy like here and there in the TV shows leading up to mm -hmm. Filoni's film, but I don't think there's going to think be anything after that. I don't think it's going to be a multi-part film like a Duolo duology yeah or a trilogy i just i, I think that would be too far-fetched for lucasfilm to try and go for to like spread it out like that yeah i, I think it, it's uh great to have it all end in a movie that sounds huge it that but i'll say that's also something that people have asked us over the years like do you think this will all end in a movie and i was like nah I think it'll end on the TV series. Like, my instincts aren't good. Maybe there will be three movies, but for now, I'm just listening to what they're telling us. And I think that makes sense, that it's just one movie 
to serve as like this big probably movie not to a, rule them all yeah <laughs> as like a big series finale for several series even though it sounds like you know some of them might continue on after that but it's a cool idea that i don't know if we've ever seen before yeah and like multiple series having a movie yeah i i also prefer it to be that way although you know we don't know what things are going to be like when we reach that point and the movie gets made if it's a giant hit and disney's like "Mm, that made us quite a bit of money yeah let's make more that is also a possibility but i think pretty slim yeah that's always going to be the case with hollywood is that if something is successful they're going to find a way to build off of it so just give grogu his own movie (laughs) come on just the grogu movie Mm. and it's just him cooing for two hours and Mm. molly that's the one movie molly's like why isn't it longer (laughs) (laughs) the one movie (laughs) that's all the time we have for questions today if you want to leave a question for next week's video just put it in the comments below or sign up for patreon to join our weekly q a discussion if you haven't already please like this video subscribe to the channel follow us on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok and threads and whatever else exists in the near future (laughs) as always thanks for watching and may the force be with you asante came to turbotax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town my hands are full all day every day i love it asante as your turbotax expert i'll make your moves count guaranteeing 100 accurate filing and your maximum refund sound good yes expert Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.